It's summer. And the increasing of the temperature leads to greater immodesty. And the need for modesty. We have to find ourselves often gazing toward heaven or humbly looking down at the ground. Sometimes because of the changing of the seasons, we're forced to look up or look down in humility. My sermon's not on that kind of modesty. My sermon tonight, this afternoon rather, is about something that is even more prevalent than immodesty in the summer. It's pride, a lack of modesty, a flaunting of what is immodest. You know, we can talk long and loud, and perhaps we should at times, about immodest apparel, but I wonder how often we fail to clothe ourselves in humility. Did you hear that passage? 1 Peter 5, 5 and 6, to clothe ourselves in humility. And I would think that that particular issue is even a greater one because a lack of humility, a great source of personal pride in our appearance, may cause us to dress more immodest. Wouldn't you agree? More things are involved, surely. But the idea of modesty and being clothed with humility, and I can almost say tongue-in-cheek, there's way more people scantily clad because of pride. Wouldn't you agree? Not really armed and clothed in a way that honors God. I think about this, and you can say with a certain amount of humor, uh, I was in a bookstore the other day. Love going to bookstores, most of you know that. I saw this book, and the title intrigued me. The Ten Most Humble People in the World. And the subtitle was, And How I Picked the Other Nine. The Ten Most Humble People in the World, and How I Picked the Other Nine. Humility is always in short supply. Therefore, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He will exalt you in due season. James 4 and verse 10. The one upon whom the Lord looks is one who's humble and contrite in spirit and who trembles at His word. Isaiah 66 and verse 2. Humility is one of those things that the more we think that we're getting it the more we're showing that we're not. I don't know of any other attribute that's exactly like that. The more that we think we're doing well, the more proud and arrogant we sound. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands... You can fill in the rest of it. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 12. 
They looked like the epitome of a successful young couple. They pulled into a convenience store with their Jaguar. They needed to get some gas. They went inside and paid for the gas, and I think that they got, you know, uh, something to drink, water, something like that, and they go to the attendant of the convenience store, and it turns out that the lady misses well-to-do. Her husband is a CEO for a Fortune 500 company now. But it turns out she went to school with the convenience store attendant. They exchange pleasantries. She gets back in the, ha- in the car with her CEO, Fortune 500 president, Mr. Moneybags. They start the car, they go down a little a bit to the road, and they say, but nothing said. And finally the husband looks over and he smiles. And he says... Aren't you glad that you married a CEO of a Fortune 500 company and not that attendant at the convenience store? No, it just reeks of pride, doesn't it? She looked at him and smiled and she said, You know, had I married him, he would have been the president of a CEO, a CEO of a Fortune 500 company, and you'd have been the attendant at a convenience store. Wives are good at that, aren't they? Kind of putting a fella in his place. As you go on, I'd like for us to think about the word humility. And I want to share with you a definition of humility that consists of five parts And then I want to look at five suggestions with you for having a more humble heart. Don't we all need that? We do. And when we think we're improving, we often show that we're really not. Before I give you the definition, listen to this illustration. He was well-known and well-loved as a teacher of preachers. He taught in a school of preaching for years. And hundreds of young men sat at his feet and learned the Word of God and would go out to churches. And someone asked this brother on one occasion, you must be proud of the men that you have trained over the years. And he smiled and he put his head down and he said, in one way, the answer to that question is yes, I'm so thankful for men who are faithful to the Lord and serving Him. And then, Lynn, what he did was pull out a little black book. And he said, I keep this black book to keep me humble because in it are the names of men that I have taught over the years who were guilty of sexual sin or who fell away from the truth. It keeps me from becoming enamored with my own self-importance. The definition of humility. Humility is, first of all, 
the ability. The ability to share the resources entrusted us. Abilities involved, Bill Powers, but it's the ability to share the resources that have been entrusted us by God Himself, and we're simply managers of all that He gives us materially, physically, with our intellectually, spiritually, in every way. The ability to use the resources entrusted to us, third, for good. The ability to use the resources entrusted us for good. You hear me, Troy? Number four of the five-part definition. Not drawing primary attention to ourselves. The Ability to use the resources entrusted to us by God for good, not drawing primary attention to us, ourselves. Fifth, but to God. I think it's the finest definition of humility I've ever heard. The ability to use the resources entrusted to us for good not drawing primary attention to ourselves, but to God. Doesn't that sound like Matthew 5, 13 through 16, and having the influence of salt and light, and so that they can see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven? What is humility? The ability to use the resources entrusted to us for good, not to draw attention primarily to us, but to God. That's humility. Now, five helps, five guidelines for developing a more humble spirit. Guideline number one. As a fellow struggler, think constantly about the character of God. You want to be more humble, think about Him. His knowledge, His power, His holiness, His mercy, His love... Few things will so humble and expand the mind as a serious contemplation on the character and nature of God. Y'all got it? Self-absorbed people need to think about the character of God. Secondly, Consider the awfulness of your sin and what Jesus did at the cross. Consider the awfulness of your sin and what Jesus did at the cross. 
In other words, Jordan, you don't need to consider Jessica's or my sin or anybody else's, but stop for a moment and consider your sin. And I consider mine. And what Jesus did at the cross for you and for me. It's hard to be puffed up by pride when you're at the foot of the cross. It's hard to be puffed up with pride when you're at the foot of the cross. And the more you're humbled by God's grace here in this world, the more exalted you'll be in heaven. The more humbled you are by grace here in this world, the more exalted you'll be in heaven. How one responds. Third, serve and do it with a good attitude. Serve and do it with a good attitude. Some people are good at serving. They serve, but they don't do it with a very good attitude. It's hard to do both simultaneously with the right kind of spirit, the right kind of way, isn't it? And then you look at it, and the Lord says, I am among you as he who serves. Luke 22, 27. The greatest among you shall be first a servant. Matthew 20, 20 through 28. Serve. And serve with the right spirit and outlook. Jesus humbled himself and took the form of a servant. Philippians 2, 5-11. A person that's too big to serve is too small to lead. Because the greatest leader, our Savior, was a servant. Number four. Consider this thought or suggestion or guideline. Hang with normal people and kids. Hang with normal people and children. Jesus was known as one who associated with the tax collectors and the sinners. Remember Luke 15, 1 and 2? He associates with normal people. Not a whole lot to be proud of, those people had. Not a whole lot to be proud of. The Lord associated with them. If we look at other people... Solely from the angle of what they do for us. We're not like Jesus. If we look at others and we think in terms of their stuff and their bank account and who they know and all. And I'm not saying we can't have friends that are in positions of influence. Don't misunderstand me. But some people, that is how they operate. It's all about who you know and how you can use that to further your agenda. Jesus was not like that. Children. 
If there's anybody in the whole world that'll do two things for you, make you laugh and smile on the one hand and make you cry in humility, it's a kid. Isn't that the truth? I remember when David was just really little, I think he was two. He came to our bed early one morning. Thankfully, he went to Cherie's side, and he looked at her right in the face, and here's what he said to his mama. He said, Mama, you ugly, Mama. You're very, very ugly. Where did my wife's pride go? Children can be really honest, can't they? Catching mom early in the morning like that. Children are honest. And we all have experiences like that. So hang around normal people who may not really have a whole lot to brag about, but they may love Jesus, or they're people that you can be with, and you can encourage them to love Jesus more, and hang around kids. There are many reasons why I give Smarties. Not because just uh, Tim Tannock's giving me money to supplement his dentistry business, but because I like just talking to him a little bit. I remember as a young preacher on many occasions going to lectureships and hearing men that I considered to be giants speak. Some of them, whenever they spoke and it was all over, they would be all with their friends and they would kind of be huddled up and I would kind of be the young guy off to the side. I want you to know that on more than one occasion, those older guys that were giants would walk over and talk to me. And they'd ask me my name. And they would take an interest in what was going on. You think I cherish those occasions? Yes, I do. Be there and be real and be normal and seek out people that might be on the fringe. Lastly, this number five. Get over yourself. Don't take yourself so seriously. Some of us are way too serious. Now, I'm talking about when I'm in a pulpit, I'm serious, aren't I? I'm intense. But we don't have to always take ourselves so seriously. Romans 12 and verse 3. A man ought not to think more highly of himself than he ought. When I'm saying get over yourself or don't always take yourself so seriously, nobody in the world has probably made you laugh more than yourself. And some of the dumb things that you do. Have you ever made yourself laugh whenever you just thought about how dumb some of the things were that you were doing? I was up here yesterday with Jenny. She's, uh, she's in here cleaning the building. And Justin asked me, uh, Justin asked me to, to get the bread out for our guest, the loaves that the ladies prepare, you know? So I, I go back, and there they are in the freezer just where they're supposed to be. And I'm going, Jenny, Jenny, where, where's the basket that these go in? I, I saw it earlier. I don't know where it is. Jenny just kind of looks at me. She walks right into the kitchen, 
next to where the refrigerator is, and there's the basket. I looked right at it when I opened the refrigerator door where the bread was. It's amazing how silly we are sometimes, isn't it? And if we cannot learn to laugh at ourselves, we are robbing ourselves of a lot of good chuckles. Can I get an amen there? So please learn to laugh at yourself. And does that mean that I'm going to have Alzheimer's? I hope not. But it was right there in front of me. Right in front of my nose. And I could hear David back years ago, saying later to me, Daddy, you couldn't find it if it was right in front of your nose. And it was true. Look at Micah 6 and verse 8 with me as we wind things down. Micah 6 and verse 8. What more does the Lord require of you? But to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Humility is an area where we can all grow. After the command to love God, the most frequent command given by God to mankind is humble yourselves. I think the two are connected, don't you? Only the people who can humble themselves will love Him. And only the people that truly love Him will humble themselves. The lesson's yours. We're going to stand and sing a couple of verses of our song of encouragement. And if there's anyone here that needs to ask for the prayers of the church as a Christian, or if you're not a Christian and you want to put away pride and you want to humble yourself before the Lord, what a wonderful time to do this. Repenting of your sins, confessing Jesus as the Son of God, be baptized in water for the forgiveness of your sins and added to the body of Christ. God will help us be humble because He's so great. Let us stand and sing.